Uh, you get the song. A quick hello and we're good to go. Welcome to the show, the nicest, kindest, and most delightful Peter Mead. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> lovely. Right. Absolutely <laughs> lovely to have you here. I'm super, super happy because I love chatting to you. We've done one podcast episode and that was really good fun in a very noisy, uh, was Ooh. it in Sydney or Melbourne? I can't remember. Sydney. Sydney, that was. Yeah. It was. Right. It was at the search summit, and um, in the cafe, and they they brought around all the the plates and spoons and cutlery and started jingling right behind us. <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. It was uh, a great conversation, and that was actually when Gary Elish explained how Google functions. And interestingly enough, for mm. anybody who's interested, he's just explained it again on uh, search off the record and basically confirmed pretty much what he'd already told me a couple of years ago. So the article I wrote turns out to be true. Um, but I knew it was because he'd mm. said it anyway, and he's just repeating it, but two years too late. Um, but I, I, that, that was a really, really good event. Now, before we get onto the real crux of this, it's not WordPress SEO, which was the topic before, and mm. apparently you're, you're now SEO more broad than WordPress? Oh, well, um, I mean, WordPress is a medium. I, I love WordPress. Um, I love Matt Mullenweg's uh, approach to decentralising publishing and, you know, I came across WordPress back in 2004 or something, 2005, and it You're was so a fantastic Oh, oh no, way, sorry, that's you know? me. <laughs> well, the grey ones are here. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, <clears throat> I think that's that's partially some of the reason why uh, they they call me they they call me the Godfather. <laughs> there there some people are calling me the Godfather down at Studio Hawk. Right, um, only the people who were afraid of you, yeah. The ones who are afraid, yeah. The ones who no, the ones who uh, love a bit of a laugh. And uh, of course, I'm very I'm doing some consulting there, technical SEO consulting for Studio Hawk, and um, who incidentally I'm. Um, while we're just talking and chatting here, I thought uh, it's a great thing for me because I'm very proud, actually, that we that the the Studio Hawk won the best global SEO agency award. Wow! At the um, at the at the um, at the search awards, um, global search awards. So the Godfather. So as as well done to Studio Hawk. That's global, which is delightful yes. coming from Australia, where we, I mean, yeah. maybe maybe there's a tendency to regionalise and getting an Australian company winning a global award is absolutely delightful and positive. Now, talking of global, mm. we're going to look at your brand SERP because I always do this at the okay. start. So if we can put that first brand SERP up, we've got Peter Mead in Australia and you've got mm. positions 1489. And a tiny position three with one of your images where it actually says, uh, I think it says mm. tweets with your photo next to it. But yes. in Australia, you're dominating. You've got LinkedIn up there. You've got your own site, Peter Mead IT, and two other results. Now, what I wanted to point out here is that you've got a decent result with a fairly common name in Australia. If we Gosh. now go to America, we'll see how completely different it is. You get... The tiniest, tiniest presence in America, as we will see, which is just that tiny Twitter box, which is the image box that says Twitter in it. Yeah. 
Because in America, there are boatloads of Peter Meads who have a great deal of online presence. And mm. the point there wasn't to kind of say, oh, Peter Mead, you're not doing such a good job. It's that actually you're not very relevant in the US or you're less relevant than these Peter Meads who are from the US. And that people's names are incredibly geosensitive in terms of the brand SERPs they return. And that your aim as an Australian SEO would be to dominate the Australian SERP, which you've done. And your aim as a global SEO would be to dominate every SERP you possibly can. Hmm. Yes. So what should I do? Well, what I mean, I I, if I were you, if you're looking for clients in Australia, you should focus on really dominating the Aussie one, getting the mm. videos up there, maybe getting a knowledge panel for you, Peter Mead, the Peter Mead from Australia, who is an SEO consultant. Um, maybe getting more images of yourself in there. That would be a good one to, to get rid of mm. the images of the guy yeah. from America who should, really shouldn't be there. Uh, get mm. your site up to the top so that when they see, when people search your name, they see you right at the top. That would be what you would do for Australia. I would say that in America, A, it's a big job that you probably don't want to undertake because America is not going to be a big client base for you. So if mm. you just focus on Australia where you are relevant, you are helpful and people will want to work with you, you've nailed your game, as it were. Right. Well, oh, free consultation from Jason Barnard yeah. on his own podcast. <clears throat> and it's recorded. Yes, very good. <laughs> so I can't, no take backs. Anyway, today we weren't talking about that. We were going to be talking about all the wonderful people in the industry. Now, I immediately mm -hmm. thought a terrible danger here yes. is that if you mention some people and not others, there's going mm -hmm. to be some bruised egos or some offended people. So I'm going to choose yes. not to list my, <clears throat> my number one top favorite people. But you're now about to stick your neck out very far. Oh and yeah. Talk about influencers and how wonderful everybody well, is, which is true. I'm not doing the, you know, the 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 top 200 Twitter uh, SEO people to follow. I'm not doing anything like right. that. Good. Um, what I'm what I'm doing is is over the years, people who I have people who have made a big influence on me personally, and lessons that I have personally learned from them. And <clears throat> I feel like that could be something, uh, something that I could share, and and other people could get a lot out of that too. Can, can I make a really good point? Mm. I just went straight down the listing people, bruising egos, uh, offending people, and you're saying actually I'm just going to share the people who I who've helped me and who have yeah. helped me move forwards, which is a much more That's delightful right. way to do. As I said right at the beginning, you're one of the most delightful people in the universe. <laughs> well, that's uh, that's really pumping up my ego, isn't it? Um, <laughs> I uh, look no the, the 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 people I want to talk about certainly have kind of had an impact on me, and and let's let's find out, I guess. Um, look, there's many smarter SEOs around uh, than I am. I mean, I just started playing around. Uh, back in the late 90s, uh, mm. 1997, when, you know, uh, HTML 3.2 was around and and then not long after that, HTML 4 came out, just started making websites and then slowly started sinking further into uh, this sort of addictive world of mm. of the web and search and what's going on on the internet. And because the internet was a real project uh, that I... I felt, 
Yeah. And um, I was I was really, really sort of excited, excited and caught up in all the excitement of the internet project per se. Oh, I'll tell you, a couple of things there is, number one, you said it was a project, which I love. And number mm. two, you say it's addictive, which is so true <laughs> once you get into it. But I remember back in 98 when I started, I was walking down the street looking at people who had, like, vegetable shops. I think, why are you selling tomatoes? You should be online. And I totally <laughs> lost any idea that it was worth doing anything if it wasn't online, which is insane and very foolish. <laughs> yeah. So um, that is, yeah, I mean, certainly uh, back in those days there was some there was some cool stuff happening. Well, should I first uh, start talking about uh, the internet as a project? And, of course, so Tim Berners-Lee, we have to talk about him. Yep. Um, and people might say, well, he's not an SEO person but i guess the thing here is where would any of us be if it wasn't for for sim tim berners lee coming along working at cern and uh you know mm. inventing the world wide web for all of us yeah um and you know, well, i'll tell you a, a story about tim please. my friend tim i'm going to call him tim now is a friend of mine called hugo who I actually do know, and I am allowed to call him Hugo, told me a story that he read once that might not be true, is that Tim once said that if he hadn't put two dots, two slashes, if he'd chosen something else, like <laughs> dot slash, he would have saved 500 gigabytes of traffic over the last 22 years or something oh, like wow. that. Wow. that I guess it doesn't surprise me. I'd never thought of that. but No, I'd never thought of it. Isn't it very strange? <laughs> Absolutely. Um, well, uh, I guess what, I guess some of the interesting things that I found, you know, with, uh, with TBL, if I TBL, and, um, I, I think is... I should call him Mr. Lee just to kind of get back on track because I actually don't know him and I've got no right to call him Tim and I now feel ashamed. So Tim and, um, oh. but <laughs> interesting, uh, interesting thing was, um, you know, as well as kind of inventing the World Wide Web in, in 1989 and also, uh, you know, introducing HTML for all of us. And uh, But in 1998, he was, promote, he was proposing, he had, a, he had a full proposal for what he called the semantic web. Oh, and oh, um, back, it was back in 1998. So, <laughs> so uh, how have things progressed Jason, you, you're probably much more up with semantic web than I am, but you know just how things have progressed. And I think it was 2013 when when Google started saying, "Hey, we've got this thing we're going to do." <laughs> well, uh, apparently, um, Sergey Brin, uh, Bill Slasky was suggesting to me that Sergey Brin was saying in 1998, the very very beginning, he was talking about what we can do is connect books to authors, and they had a little a little mini engine that just did books and authors, which I would then assume became Google Books. But the idea there was to have this entities connected together, but using books, apparently science fiction books, which is fairly typical for a geek. Mm, yes. I would like to say the the big lesson I have learned from Tim Merners-Lee, you know, I've read, I've read the books and I've, I've really sort of been very interested. But the big thing here is the, is the ethics um, and I think that's something which is very important now because uh, especially, you know, the idea that when the internet was invented, it was all about read and write. 
and <clears throat> everybody at CERN could read to it and write it. And um, so to me, the SEO lesson there is, uh, is the usability and the engagement, not just this kind of one-way sort of publishing, pushing out content, yeah. but this, the ability for people to be able to be engaging with that. Um, the other thing, the other really important thing for me from uh, from from so Tim is the um, the ethical impact of the web. So uh, privacy and the right to access your own history and the right to be forgotten should be important as well. Uh, this idea of mm. decentralization of information. I mean, I guess the, the the sort of thing that's been coming up for me for a lot lately is what is going on over at Wikipedia, you know, um, what is happening with the content there? It was originally designed as a as a kind of a democratized version of the encyclopedia, but now it just seems to be, you know, there there is information there which is uh, which is very slanted and uh, has no hope of of anybody else editing that information, other than some people who who are kind of really you know, hammering down that that information. Right. Oh, well, Wikipedia, it's in, it, I think it's incredibly interesting. I mean, Dixon Jones was suggesting that it's it's very much biased towards white, male, middle-class, educated, uh, and asked them about mm. it. He, he, he gave the example, sitting mm. on Brighton Beach, of a peer in Ethiopia, which doesn't seem to me to be something that's likely to, you know, be incredibly important within the Ethiopian culture. But he was making the point that mm. somebody sitting in Brighton who is a geek, who is white and male and middle class, would not know about the peer in Ethiopia and yeah, could not write yeah. about it. So there's an incredible bias there. And, yeah. and beyond that, the whole thing about Wikipedia is the idea that people will work together to actually be truthful. Rand Fishkin was saying he added his page deleted because, I mean, mm. I love the way he said it. If I asked them what Captain Kirk said in the 15th minute of the 25th episode of the 56th series of Star Trek, I would trust them. If I, if I asked them yeah. who founded Moz, I wouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good point. I mean, so for me, you know, part of this lesson is, um, you know, how should SEOs consider the ethics of what we're doing? And mm. I, I think that's just something to keep in mind. I just think it's worth not forgetting about that. Um, the the other person, I think, really in the early, really early days, I'm um, not sure, uh, you know, if everyone's really familiar, but I, I, he should be because such important person in SEO was Eric Ward, the Link Moses. And um, I think, uh, oh, I'm you know, ashamed. Who, who is he and what did he do? Link Moses, did you just say? Link Moses, yeah. Um, so <laughs> Eric Ward, the, he's uh, the late and great Eric Ward. Uh, he he thought of himself as a content linking strategist and um, uh, he's very highly respected in the SEO industry by by people. I think he, you know, he had uh, some comments from uh, some, you know, um, uh, testimonials from people. Uh, Danny Sullivan uh, yeah. uh, said Eric has been educating people about digital marketing and links since before search engines. Uh, I think I think uh, Eric started in 1994, and then wow. uh, Jeff Bezos from uh, Amazon gave gave uh, Eric a a recommendation because Eric did the very first Amazon backlinks campaign. 
And uh, Eric said, thanks for the great work on, on our launch, you know, your efforts and the wow. report was excellent. So I don't know many people who get a testimonial from Jeff Bezos. So definitely if people don't know about Eric Ward, um, he's, he's written a book. Um, this is my book that I, Eric, wrote in conjunction a with... Very, a, uh, Peter has just French. shown us a very large link-building book, which is orange, which is going yeah. to become important <laughs> at the end of the episode. Yes, it's the, uh, it's the ultimate guide to link-building. Um, and it's just been updated to a second, second edition. But um, he also did this thing, a Link Moses private newsletter, which was a really regular thing, which yeah. I subscribed to, and le- just learned a whole stack of stuff. I mean, uh, Eric was really genuine. It, the, the, les- the lesson learned here is about, you know, link building. He didn't call himself a link builder. He called himself a content linking strategist. And he his idea was to be really genuine with your link building approach. Right. And uh, but he's got this fun thing on his website. You look it up, ericward.com, and have a look at the Ten Commandments of Link Building. It's really fun. Um, maybe I'll read the first one, uh, which is the first commandment is link us not just to seek favor from Google. Um, if your site's success dependeth on Google alone, it shall destroy you, or worse, be featured in the knowledge graph without attribution. Oh, the irony. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. So that's worth looking up. Eric Ward, the Ten Commandments, Link yeah. Moses. Yes, definitely. <laughs> Brilliant. Wonderful. So, I mean, the most delightful 80s photograph with kind of fluffy, feathery hair. He looks handsome, yeah. delightful, and young more than anything. Yeah. Uh, so definitely had a big influence on the way that I approach link right. building. Some other people I'm going to talk about too did as well. But um, So the next one, actually, the next one is actually not one, it's three. It's the authors of another book, The Art of SEO Ooh. book. Um, I'll hold it up for anyone looking at the video, but on the podcast, the book is called The Art of SEO. And uh, the, the uh, authors are, Eric Enge, Stephen Spencer, and Jesse C. Strickwiller. And um, so I guess for me, this was fundamental. I mean, it's up to its third edition now. Uh, I think Rand Fishkin was was, uh, author on the second edition, but it's up to its third edition. But but, um, for me, this was really instrumental in the way that I – approached my seo campaigns and so the lessons learned from the authors in the book is all about strategy and how it's so important for every seo strategy to be customized and documented now this idea we don't want to have a cookie cutter approach to seo we don't want to Mm. turn seo into a commodity you know we we want it's it won't work it doesn't work what we need to do is have a really clear and documented strategy around what the organization is promoting, what services, products, or content, uh, consider the target market and use detailed personas if need be to understand the market, uh, consider their brand, their copy, their messaging, uh, website structure, get into that, what's the strategy around their mm. site architect- architecture, the navigation, the URLs, the file naming, 
how uh, also how flexible and scalable is the CMS? Is it going to be hard to work with? Is it is there a CMS? Uh, how what's the strategy around that? What resources will be needed for what about for editorials? You know, for resources for a content calendar. Mm. Uh, how can you successfully develop the content? And don't forget about really putting the effort into your competitive landscape. So this this really made me take a step back and and have a look um, why this is so important uh, before before diving into launching and executing on on SEO, which mm. I think I think is a common is that is that what's your experience, Jason? Do you think it's common? People will often dive in without doing that strategy. What what I find, and it's one of my slight moans about the world in general is people leap in with competitor research and there's this kind of jealousy syndrome envy syndrome it actually is of and and business owners are like this so i can see why an seo would want to do it but it's saying my competitor has something i want to get what they've got and i would be much more into kind of this idea that you're talking about which is looking at what do we have how can we build from what we have outwards using a strategic approach with all these pragmatic points you just made, build all that into building out towards where our competitors are rather than trying to hit where our competitors are right off the bat because we're going to be outreach overreaching ourselves and we're just going to Mm. fall down and break our legs. That was rather rotten, wasn't it? That wasn't a very good analogy. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we... We might. Uh, if people fall down, they might break their legs. Yes. But yeah, I mean, um, the, the, I, I love the, the point of, of a book like The Art of SEO saying, let's take a strategic approach. But within that, we've got all these pragmatic areas we need to look at. And we need to mm. look at them pragmatically and build them all together as a strategic approach. And, and it, as with, um, once again, with how ranking works, which Galerius explained, was you can't have one very weak element you have to have everything reasonably strong because one weak element because of the way the algorithm functions will pretty much cripple you Mm. yes yes well speaking of rankings and things like page rank i would like to now talk about bill slowski the wonderful Um, bill slowski yes absolutely um fantastic um, there's no denying he is prolific in the industry, um, but he's been in SEO since the mid-90s. Right. Uh, you know, I, I think if people don't know, um, he's the director of search marketing for GoFish Digital and he's the editor of SEO by the Sea, and that's really where I got into is the SEO by the Sea. But um, what makes him a thought leader, I think uh, his extensive work with unpicking and dissecting the Google patents Mm. and helping us to make sense of that. I think the lesson for me, the really kind of standout lesson, which spun off onto a whole bunch of other things, it was the reasonable surfer model explained. Right. And um, this idea that page rank, you know, past page rank can be passed based on the probability that a user might click the link. And, uh, you know, some of the factors could include things like the colour, the size, the font, the anchor text, the surrounding content and the context of that link and the position within the page. So for me, this really further kind of highlighted the issues with the idea of the 
the pure DAE-based approach for backlinks, you know. Right, and what's um, interesting there is as soon as you say, I mean, when we explain kind of how page rank works, we say, oh, the probability, and anybody who's even slightly not interested in maths immediately goes to sleep, walks out of the room, slams the door, and won't ever talk to you again. But if you say it's based on the behavior of what a reasonable surfer would do, hmm. you've got everybody on board. Well, yes. That's certainly um, – there we go. Well, uh, the more people on board, the better, I guess. <laughs> yeah, sure, 100%. I, mean, I, I actually taught them <clears throat> maths is something I was reasonably good at at school, like statistics and all that stuff, and bores most people senseless. And I speak from experience because my ex-wife and my daughter both hate, hate maths with a great, great, great passion. And if I ever say the word probability, I can guarantee <laughs> I will be alone within the space of about three seconds. Probability, statistics. Uh, yeah, it's good fun. <laughs> I, I, I enjoy. Um, but I think, you know, really the key lesson here is to go after well-placed links you know, yeah. on, on quality websites, relevant websites, which are likely to send traffic. And uh, I think that kind of sums it up a little bit there. In which case, you're getting the link because it's sending you valuable, relevant traffic rather than because it ranks and the ranking is a bonus. Yeah, rankings in themselves. Um, well, uh, what was the most recent thing I saw about vanity metrics? Uh, mm. You know, anything can be a vanity, uh, depending which which angle you approach it from. But um, certainly, <clears throat> certainly, my next uh, thought leader, who really helped me and taught me a lot, is Alida Solis. Ooh, delightful lady. And, um, of course, renowned and respected international SEO consultant. And, of course, um, I was fortunate enough to meet her at uh, the SEM Rush Summer Jam in Sweden, which I was also fortunate enough to be invited to and uh, very thankful to have been able to be there and attend that and, and meet her later. Um, so... I, I guess and hence um, the Semrush jumper. You're a big Semrush fan, which is um, yeah. now we've got Anton behind the scenes working for Duda now and not for Semrush. <laughs> so uh, was that was that a bit of a oh, there's a lady solace. Yes, Great, and it's uh, her knowledge panel. Great, great Anton's knowledge pulling panel. up knowledge panels just to make me happy. Right, yeah. sorry, carry on. So a lady solace <laughs> in Sweden at Semrush Summer Jam. Oh well, I mean, you know, I guess um, if people don't already know uh jump on to her it's the it's the seo fomo she has uh it's a newsletter she has crawling mondays but she also wrote a book which i bought um this one uh it's the it's called oh, seo right. seo la clavis essentialis right it's the whole thing's completely in spanish and i can't read a word of it <laughs> but you like but, looking um, at the pictures yeah that sounds like uh I later wrote it, so I bought it. And, uh, <laughs> Brilliant stuff. And uh, yeah, and, and but, I mean, the one question with the lady is, mm. I always ask myself, is how on earth does she find all the time to do the newsletter, the Crawling Mondays, all her work, writing books, traveling mm. the world, giving these talks, preparing new slide decks pretty much every time you see her? She doesn't sleep. Mm. She doesn't eat. She doesn't go to the beach. She doesn't. I've seen her at the beach. <laughs> oh right, okay. Sorry, I was. I, was, actually, I went I was, on a. Uh, I went on a. Actually, you might have been there too. Uh, we went on a boat ride around Sydney Harbour. That's a, That's downtime. 
<laughs> oh right, yeah, yeah. I was on that. I was on that. Um, look, looking over the side of the boat, watching the sharks. Aren't there lots of sharks in Australia? <laughs> oh yeah, right. Very scary ones. <laughs> yeah. So I was looking over the side, hoping I wouldn't see a shark. Anyway, sorry. On, onwards and upwards. Well, I one of the things which really struck me is Alita's very mature approach to international SEO uh, as far back as 2013, actually, where an article she published on Moz, which was, um, which was the, um, uh, the international SEO checklist. And uh, so I think, I think for me, the big, you know, the big lesson is about international SEO strategy because we see lots of businesses Jumping right in, they they they, mm. they get uh, sort of dollar signs in their eyes and and decide that oh there's a great big market available over there in the UK or in the US or in Asia somewhere, let's dive in and start trying to get business. Um, <clears throat> for for me, it's do the research before jumping into any multi-region or any multilingual mm. website. And um, but then if you're going to dive in, if you've done the research and it's proven that you will. Uh, you know, uh, that there is opportunity there. That is really do, if you're going to do it, do it properly and really localise that content to the target audience with the proper translations and uh, cultural considerations, you know. For example, you know, things like uh, in the USA they have Thanksgiving. Well, in Australia we know about it because we've seen it on telly, but, you know, we don't really uh, have Thanksgiving. So... Things like yeah, that. And a, another know, I mean, thing is that you guys would say telly, as I would in the UK, but Americans <laughs> don't know what telly is. They just think you don't know how to spell jelly. So, <laughs> so all these cultural differences are incredibly important. I think what's weird about a lot of the people I talk to is as a user, as a client or a potential client, they get really upset or they laugh their head off at something very silly that they see on a site. But then they don't think about how other people in other countries might think about their content when they leap in feet first and just do it as this kind of mass job. Um, mm. And so what they need to do is call Aleda and ask her yes. what they should be doing. Absolutely. Definitely. Um, I, I would totally agree with that. Um, so little segue is across from Aleda is across to the uh, MozCon and cool. of course, um, now I'm going to talk about how Rand Fishkin uh, made an impact for me. Can I can I ask a question before it carries on? Because what mm. Anton's doing is putting up these knowledge panels incredibly quickly when you say the name. So mm. I suspect that you've given Anton yes, the ESP. list of people, and you haven't given me the list of people. So this is a surprise for me, but not for Anton. Well, it's a surprise for me too um, that Anton is so efficient. <laughs> uh, at, um, at at figuring out and googling for who I'm talking about, because hats off to Anton, brilliant. So back to Rand Fishkin, who wasn't wearing a hat but has a very nice, delightful beard. Yes, and <clears throat> you know, I think I think you know, MozCon, um, SEOMoz.org is when mm. I first discovered Rand and. Uh, you know, since sort of 2004, he, he's been doing so many things. Is yeah. uh, is definitely a pioneer in the SEO industry. Um, brilliant SEO, and but I think he sort of built Moz into this institution. You know, um, <clears throat> and 
I guess, I guess, though, the thing here is, um, is what happened, what actually happened when the toolbar page rank was taken away and, and people needed somewhere to turn. You know, everybody, everybody was sort of browsing, Googling with the toolbar right. and, and looking in, at the page rank. Oh, page rank four, you know, this isn't too bad and um, this kind of thing. Um, after that, I think, you know, this, this idea of domain authority uh, really became a thing. And, mm. and for me, I think the lesson here is um, <clears throat> the lesson here is yes, uh, yes, domain authority is a made-up metric, and uh, we've got um, people who who are really sort of pointing this out. But um, I think you know Rand is is one hundred percent correct that yes, it is uh, a made-up metric, and um, for a specific reason, you know, I guess to be able to kind of have a way of being able to sort of predict or, or estimate uh, how likely mm. a, a website is to, to be able to rank in SERPs. And um, <clears throat> I think uh, perhaps, you know, this is such a controversial topic about DA and domain authority, but when you have a look, uh, say, Ahrefs, they have this idea of DR, it's yeah. a metric, and Samrush has has made their metric uh, and called it AS, you know, authority score. Yeah, and um, so I think the, the the real key to this lesson, and and I think Rand is really pointing this out here, is to recognise that it um, that it that it's a metric for helping to sort of rule of thumb to measure things, and uh, and to keep this in perspective. Right. Yeah. And one thing that does strike me is that we, we should and we are moving away from the concept of a domain or even a page and moving towards what does the brand stand for? How well does mm. Google understand the brand? How credible is the brand? So we're starting to look at brand authority, which I would argue means more than domain authority, simply because you're saying, mm. in fact, the domain, you can leave it behind you. But your brand, you can't. Your brand, a brand is for life, a bit like a dog. Um, but but from that perspective, we're moving towards brand authority. And at CaliCube, I actually started trying to measure it. Mm. Uh, and I had a school for brand authority, and it was delightful. Okay. And then I retired it very quickly because I don't want to get into the kind of discussions about how relevant it is, how mean, meaningful is it. Because people, as with mm. kind of all these measurements, think, oh, it's an attempt to emulate Google. And he's saying, no, 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 it's a, it's a mm. rule of thumb to try to get a handle on relative mm -hmm. positions of all these different brands, in my case, domains in theirs. Um, and getting into that kind of argument just seems like a phenomenal waste of time. So bra okay. brand authority, yeah, CaliCube metric, now retired, will never come back. Really? No. I'm, I'm kind of interested to see that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear, I shouldn't the, uh, have said anything, new, should I? The BA. <laughs> the BA score. The, oh yes, oh dear. Right. Okay. Get a, delightful. Get a link from that BA. <laughs> can, can we can we move on, please? Yes. Okay. Moving right along <laughs> to somebody who uh, I consider, um, you know, I think there's so much we can learn from Olga Andrienko, um, Vice President of Brand Marketing at Semrush. 
who has been building their brand authority for years and years and years. Yeah. And as we know, everybody knows about Semrush in the industry. Brand yeah. is incredibly important. She's incredibly good at her job. Absolutely. And that, that is that is exactly, yeah. I mean, I think um, Olga is definitely a thought leader, although maybe some don't think of her as an SEO per se. But what she did over those years, you know, really since 2013 is, uh, it, you know, expanding into over 50 countries and, um, you know, doing a whole bunch of things, um, setting up uh, things like um, I, I was fortunate enough to go to St. Petersburg for the White Knights SM Rush meetup and really met a whole bunch of people and it furthered my uh, knowledge and I was able to contribute to the tools. And this is probably the most really important thing, I think, for us to understand. Um, you know, she sort of gave us this platform for content, for webinars, people like Anton, who helped, who really made this possible and dro drove this forward, you know, this professional platform for learning and knowledge sharing, hmm. and um, which is which was way more than just you know, a, an, an SEO tool or a marketing, online marketing tool. And um, so she made us feel like we're really involved and mm -hmm. invested in the tools we were using. And so the lesson really here is for, for SEOs and digital marketers is it's vitally important to empower your community by having them involved and engaged. Um, mm. Involve your audience, you know, uh, the more... The more publicly, the better. Uh, regular communications and touch points, and ask them for feedback. Uh, we'll ask them what could we be doing better. And right. so, I think there's. I think um, it's really phenomenal what Olga uh, has achieved so far, and it's definitely some lessons to be learnt from her approach for the rest of us. Brilliant. And one one thing that strikes me about all of that, what you just described, is it's in French. There's a word called fédéré. And that means to bring people together in a group around a common kind of theme and what I heard there or a common idea. Um, and it, it kind of, it's and, and, and it, it's, it's bringing them around this idea, bringing them together to discuss, and it moves the whole group upwards um, with not a leader, but, but one person or one entity pulling things along. And that sounds to me very much like fédéré. Okay. Well, I've never a, found an English equivalent word, but if somebody's got it, please ping it in the chat. Yeah, some words can't be translated, can they? No. There was another French word, which is lagnac, and lagnac is having vital daily energy in a positive manner without being pushy and aggressive. Okay. How, how, would, we do, how would we put those words on our international SEO campaigns? Um, I don't know. <laughs> we well, have to I mean, use a lot more words to do it, wouldn't you? Yeah, I mean, NIAC as well in French is N-I-A-C. Mm. It's a really short little word, and it means so much. I mean, it's bigger than drive, the American word. It's drive with enthusiasm, with joy, with, you know, daily keep going without pushing and without bullying other people, and I love oh, that word. So Lagnac yeah. and um, uh, Federé. Are two French words that I've never found the English equivalents for, and I love both words a great deal. Ah, nice one. Moving on. <laughs> Let's talk about Dan Petrovic. Ooh. So, Dan, 
Um, uh, Dijan, Dion, I think is the pro proper pronunciation, Dion. <clears throat> um, so he's an Aussie, okay? Um, he really sort of is what I would consider a, a pioneer, one of the original pioneers of the Australian SEO industry. Um, and I, th I feel like why Dan is a thought leader for me is he's just shared so much about his mm -hmm. own journey, his tests. He, he's tested all these sort of crazy theories and wild experiments <laughs> uh, in public forums and, and uh, some of his tactics and, and just hasn't really uh, made any bones about it. This, and really culminating with what happened when his website, um, dejanseo.com.au, it was penalised, given a manual link penalty. Mm. Um, even though he said he hadn't really been doing any link building for years, but it was a bunch of old kind of links from years ago that that um, ended up getting him penalised. Um, and so <clears throat> he, he shared that whole thing. Um, right. There's uh, in the public forum on twe tweets and on websites, and there's lots of articles that people have written about it. Um, but on his new side, what he ended up doing was migrating his whole website across and and uh building a whole new website and um and he sort of blogged about the whole thing there as well um yeah that's absolutely brilliant i mean i i really i mean i don't know him particularly well but i did see that particular experiment and it interested me is because he even lost his homepage on his own brand set now that's some major smackdown penalty because to lose your homepage on your own brand cert once it's established means that they've absolutely assassinated the entire site completely and utterly, which is yeah. major, major <clears throat> penalty because even with a penalty, mm. a lot of sites will retain their homepage ranking on their brand cert. It's, it's, it's kind of all the stuff around that will tend to get penalized and, and big hats off to him for sharing it and not being kind of like yes. shy and retiring about it because it's valuable and helpful information for everybody else absolutely and you know the lesson really one of the lesson i'd like to talk about um is uh from dan is about links and the way mm. i guess because you know even sort of this idea that that old links from years ago can somehow come back and yeah. cause cause you to be completely blown out of off the internet and, and um but the 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 big sort of uh, lesson here is the safe and scalable link building mm. outreach tactics um, that that Dan talked about, and he really put a lot into this, uh, you know, in, about engaging the target audience before even publishing, mm. uh, you know, via you know using surveys and social media and direct outreach to people, um, specific people, and then. Uh, the idea also of structuring the content so it is link worthy, mm. uh, you know, really so that so that the article is a really good source of news for journalists or bloggers. So that there's data, there's graphs, uh, so that the information is well researched. Something that is going to get people who are able to give a link to want to go and give a link, and um, <clears throat> and then of course the idea of this outreach per se. Not not thinking about outreach and you know oh, in an email saying oh hmm. I, I noticed you you know could you please give me a link uh, something like that uh, but much yeah. more sophisticated using you know targeted paid outreach and also manual outreach to people oh, who right. can give a link and um, 
using multiple channels, even so far as things like, um, you know, if you've got an email list of people, um, put them into your remarketing campaign and, right. uh, you know, on your PPC and, and get that content in front of those right people and, mm. uh, and give them a reason to want to give you a link. So Right. Okay. Super duper. I mean, I've, I've never been one for link building anyway. So um, you're preaching to the converted here. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, no worries. Look, the last. Uh, I mean, um, I think- I, I, what I do like this is the last one, and you do this brilliant thing. It's like we're on some kind of reality TV show, and you manage to present things while spreading it out. So we're going, "Who's the next name? Who's it going to be?" <laughs> Off you go, Peter. <laughs> Uh, well, actually, <laughs> you you may be surprised to know the next one is Jason Barnard. What? No, 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 no. Well, I, I want to because I want to hear. <laughs> so I want to, I mean, you get, you're blushing, are you? Yeah, I, I'm as red as my shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Look, Jason, uh, Jason has over two decades of experience uh, he's been around for quite a while doing this kind of things. But, Jay, why, Jason, why are you a thought leader? Well, I think you're prolific at sharing information about SEO, uh, particularly yeah. this, particularly in the last, you know, uh, recent few years about the brand SERPs. And I think that's something, it's really kind of this whole area of knowledge which is which is being promoted for us that you're doing and uh it's furthering that information for all of us so um my lesson here uh from you jason and and please tell me what i've forgotten here but the idea that the um you know the brand search best practice so customers are going to google your name at some point Mm. and the the brand search should be should be accurate, should be positive and convincing. Um, you should go for features like videos, images, and Twitter boxes. And the tell me if I'm on the ball here, the knowledge panel is the grand prize of the yes. SERP of the brand SERP. You put that I, delightfully well. No, that's exactly it. Uh, it needs to be positive, accurate, and convincing. Google, your brand SERP on Google is your business card. The cherry on the top is the knowledge panel, but actually it's not really the cherry on the top. It's now necessary, both from a human perspective, because when people don't see the knowledge panel, they think that's not an important major company, <laughs> the brand SERP mm. guy. Um, mm. And... The, the other thing is when you don't get a knowledge panel, you're missing out on all what's coming next, which is entity-based search. Google's looking at entities. You, you're missing that big step is how can Google possibly build an understanding of your offers if it doesn't understand who you are, what you're doing, who your audience is, which is exactly what's driving Discover. And last point, you shouldn't have got me started on this. That was a total mistake. Is I was writing an article for SimilarWeb because I'm going to be doing a webinar with them. And I wrote this whole article right at the end as I got to the end of the article, which is about the same thing as all the other articles, brand SERPs and knowledge panels, I was actually looking at, well, expanding it out to universal search and a content on third-party sites, which I think both are very much underestimated in the SEO community today. But right at the bottom, it was all of this work, all of your, your, your customer funnel has one destination. And that destination is going to be, sooner or later, your brand SERP, because somebody who is going to end up at the bottom of your funnel, potentially 
converting is going to be searching your brand name at some point. So is mm. this kind of logical mm. destination of that entire funnel work that you've been doing is your brand set, and most people don't even bother looking at it or optimizing it or trying to make it look positive, accurate, and convincing. Thank you for giving me yeah. that opportunity. Ah, terrific. Um, <laughs> no, I, I totally agree. I think I think a lot of um, a lot of people are far too concerned with ranking for those non-branded mm. search terms. And uh, which this this sort of came up uh, for me where I, I locked heads with people years ago, uh, back in probably 2013 or 14 or something like that, and um, kind of had an argument because I was in my reports for clients, I was putting in there your brand search terms. Right. And, um, <clears throat> and I was told, no, we don't get paid to rank people for their brand search terms. And, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, no, yeah, 100%. And, and there is this thing, we don't get paid to do that. There isn't any value. We can't provide any value, so we're not going to do it or pay attention to it. And what, what is interesting there is what I'm talking about is nothing new. It's just I talk mm. about it so much that people can't ignore it anymore. Oh, I think it's uh, I think it's fantastic the way you put it forward. So that's why I had you down as Ooh, one you. of the of the industry thought leaders. How's <laughs> How's the clock? How's the clock? The, the clock's looking great, and my face is now slightly less red than it was a minute ago. Um, but I'm honoured to be in that list, and that was a great list. I don't think any of those names would would be amiss. Um, I mean, I, I agree with all of them, um, except perhaps the last one. Uh, but <laughs> but that, that's me being modest, as uh, whatever it would be. Um, but that was a great, great, great idea, and I didn't really realise what you were going to do, and I'm so glad you did it because it's a lovely little walk through. Mm. The, the the influences i was that, that's what it is i when you said thought leaders i thought influences and you don't mean influences you mean people who lead thought forward and move the industry forward which is a very different thing yes thank you very much peter yeah. absolutely brilliant now i'm going to announce next week which is going to mm. be russ jeffrey uh talking about the fallout from core web vitals he's incredibly obsessed about that and i did a, a webinar with him on duda which is slightly strange, and we didn't plan this at all, because if we show the next screen, we have Anton, who is now at Duda, and we did not plan to have a Duda representative on two weeks after Anton started his new job. This is complete, completely uh, lucky um, coincidence. That's the word I'm looking for. So wonderful stuff. Thank you very much, Peter Mead. You get the outro song. A quick goodbye to end the show. Thank you, Peter. Thank you. <laughs> Brilliant. Thanks a lot.